Hello, I'm Steve Evans. And I'm Alex Crow. Welcome to Talk of the Times. Today, we're talking about Facebook and its decision to block news sites from posting to their platform. What will it mean for you and what will it mean for us? We've got our reporter, Andrew Brown, who's covered the story, and our managing editor, John Paul Maloney. But first, some hard facts. Dr Caroline Fisher of the News and Media Research Centre at the University of Canberra has researched who uses Facebook and the divide between young and old. There's no doubt about it. Facebook is the most popular social media platform for news in Australia. But its use for news has actually been falling over the last few years. We've seen a drop from 45% of people using it in 2016, falling to 39% in 2020. So there has been a bit of a decline. And globally, there's been a bit of a plateauing as well. Young people tend to use Facebook more than older people. But the thing is, younger generations use several social media platforms for news, not just one. So Facebook is closed to them, but then they'll go to Instagram or they'll go to YouTube or they'll go to Snapchat or somewhere else or TikTok for news. That's not the case with older generations. So older people are more likely to just use Facebook on social media for news. So they may well notice the gap more than younger generations because that's the only social media platform they tend to go to. The other people who might feel impacted disproportionately, are people in regional areas and particularly people in small local government areas. We did some research into local news consumption and the need for new services in areas where they'd closed. And what we found was that people in areas where there was limited choice of news, uh, particularly where there had been closures of news outlets, that there was higher social media use. So where do people get their news? They get their news across a range of platforms. TV is still the main source of news for Australians. Now, whilst it is the main source of news, social media is increasing uh, as the main source of news for young people. They are also still using other sources of news. Only a very small proportion of people are getting their news only from Facebook sites. So only 11% of people are getting news from Facebook and Facebook Messenger. Only 6% are getting it from Facebook alone. It's a very small number of people and we need to keep that in perspective. Dr Carolyn Fisher of the News and Media Research Centre at the University of Canberra. Let's have a look at how this story unfolded and we're going to speak to journalist Andrew Brown who has been covering it Andrew, what happened? What was done and how did people notice it? People just woke up on Thursday morning and all access to news pages on Facebook, news organisations was just taken away. They weren't able to even share links as well. If you tried to put a URL of a news story on your social media feed and share it with your friends, a message would pop up saying we're not going to let you put it up anymore because um, Facebook is basically pulling all the news sites and pages off its platform in Australia in protest of the media bargaining code. So people were really waking up in this new sort of space on Facebook on Thursday, not really knowing what was going on or what was happening. But 
it wasn't just news sites as well that had been affected. It wasn't just the Canberra Times or the Sydney Morning Herald or the ABC, for instance. Other pages unrelated to news were also down for several hours inexplicably. Pages like ACT Health, which in the middle of a pandemic, you would really hope that information out of there would be coming out, especially with the vaccine rollout coming on Monday. The ACT government as well, their page was inexplicably down for several hours. Same with the Bureau of Meteorology, Queensland Health, South Australia Health, all these different pages unrelated to news were also taken down as part of the Facebook ban too. And the broader background is a dispute between the government and Facebook, but also Google. But Google has settled over paying for news content. Yeah, that's the central issue. Facebook has taken the opposite side to Google. They don't want to pay news outlets for access to their content on their social media feeds. So as a bit of a dummy spit from Facebook, they decided to pack up stumps and just not allow access to news pages at all. Andrew Brown, thank you very much. We have our managing editor, John Paul, speaking to us. It was a little bit of a shock coming into the newsroom. What effect is it going to have from the Canberra Times? The impact on news sites was was a shock, I suppose, but we had had some warning that they might do this. Google and Facebook have both been playing pretty high stakes brinkmanship over this. Google backed down on its threat to block Australians from accessing search. But, yeah, the Australian media had been on some warning around this. The surprise for me was not just the immediate effect on on news, but as Andrew said, the collateral damage that happened. All of that was walked back, or much of it was walked back as we expected. Health websites, etc., were put back online. But for me, it was a bit of a chilling example of just how powerful Facebook is. Their ability to censor a whole country's news, um, an ability to censure, censure effectively a whole country when you take down government feeds that many people depend on. So there was a lot of um, immediate consternation here. How have we reacted? Look, we, like all media, use Facebook as one of the ways that we reach our audience a lot of engagement that happens on social media happens around news articles, um, which has been one of the points of contention in this whole debate. We reach our audience, though, from plenty of ways. Newsletters, uh, people come to our homepage directly. So for us, the impact, um, we're we're still going to see over a period of time, but the sky didn't fall in on us yesterday. There is a concern, though, I think, though, for smaller media outlets. A lot of news organisations depend much more greatly on Facebook and other social media platforms. Uh, That could be small country papers. uh, It could be digital-only sites in in places like Canberra or all over the country that have really grown off the back of Facebook. JP, there is no doubt that it is a difficult time for media organisations and in in terms of attracting those advertising dollars. And so the debate at the moment, is this a case of the government sticking up for the media organisations? There's a lot of different views on this. On, On one hand, the tech platforms will hold the view that effectively making them pay or taxing them for providing links, in their view, to news, they're actually benefiting the media more than the media benefits them. That's a strong view in the tech world. The counter view to that is around the value that media presents to the platforms by providing rich content that a lot of people engage with. There is also, though, an important social good argument here, and that's, I think, the one that's been prevailing with the government. These companies take billions of dollars out of countries like Australia each year and pay almost nothing in tax 
because of the way they've structured their their businesses. The advertising dollars that they take is advertising dollars that were once spent in supporting newsrooms like ours and newsrooms that sadly no longer exist. So the question here is, should a company that derives an enormous amount of financial good out of a country like Australia pay some reasonable amount of it back for the greater good? And we have seen time and time again over the last few years, and particularly now during a pandemic, the role, the, the role of good that credible media can play and also the negativity of misinformation that occurs in a vacuum. Facebook, without any credible news in Australia, will become a place of yeah, cat videos and, and people sharing their social posts, but also pages of misinformation. And people aren't even going to be able to post a news article to rebut that misinformation. But you can't uninvent technology. Facebook is there. The old world is as dead as the dodo. That's right. We can't go back as much as I'd love to, Steve, to the days where uh, we had the monopoly in advertising. That would have made life much easier in this business. You can't uninvent the internet, and no one would want that to happen, I don't think. But we can, and we've seen through the actions of Google, which has negotiated and is continuing to negotiate with media organisations, deals that benefit Google as well as benefit the news organisations. The the compromise that's been reached with Google is that news organisations are going to help develop a platform for Google, Google News. And we've, uh, the Canberra Times have been involved in that over the past couple of weeks. So there is a way forward with the internet and with major tech companies. In this instance, one of the giants has taken the approach that, yeah, it should put its hand in its pocket to support the importance of journalism in a country where it derives income. And the other has decided, no, we're not going to do it. What has been the impact on readership and how do you see this playing out? As I said, we've got lots of um, ways that people come to our product. We're lucky in that regard. Not everyone is. So yesterday was a busy news day, so it was a good day for us. How it's going to play out, I think, is going to rest in the hands of the consumers. You know, we've asked today that our readers should consider doing what Facebook has done to Australia and potentially walk away from Facebook. Um, I think that's going to be the question for people is, will the habits of many, many years of scrolling through Facebook keep them there, even in a place that's far poorer in terms of the information? Or will they make a decision to go seek out news from other places and leave that place leave that in their past and and that's going to be a very interesting one to see play out i wouldn't for a second try and predict the final outcome john paul maloney thank you very much and thanks to to andrew brown and to dr carolyn fisher of the university of canberra join us again next week the talk of the times the canberra times news podcast <laughs>